So I know you haven't been here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So we're just catching up. And I hate to be one of those people, but did you watch my Instagram story? The one about the shoplifting? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. I There were some details of that story that I did not publish. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But what you need to know, and you already know, is that we do these free books. Right. And they're advanced reader copies. We mm-hmm. keep them in a bin near the register. Mm-hmm. And if you buy a book, you get a book free. Mm-hmm. So this girl had bought a book. She's probably 10 or 11. She went to go get her free book. The book she picked her grandmother didn't like, mm-hmm. which goes back to last week's episode about letting your kids just read things. Um, read things, read what they want. Right. Yep. So they got in kind of an argument, as we have seen occasionally happen in the store. And so the grandmother left, like waited outside for her. And the granddaughter proceeded to go like continue to browse the children's section, which mm-hmm. I really thought nothing of. But then she left with the Inquisitor's Tale, like a mm-hmm. hardback, new, Newberry winning. Yeah. Hooray. Which uh, is in the YA section, isn't it? Or did we move it? We moved it to okay. chapter. And, or it was shelved back there. I don't know if we purposely moved it, and but so that's where I, it was. I would put it in YA. <laughs> but that's where it was. She leaves with it. And I see her leave, but like, I think to myself, well, I don't want to embarrass a little girl in our store. So I was like, let me make sure I didn't imagine that. So I asked Kate and Ashley to look up an inventory. And sure enough, we only had one. It was missing. So I chased her down the street, ran into this young, I mean, this, not young, but this man who just did all sorts of weird things that mm-hmm. also contributed to the weirdness of this story. But basically, I got the book back. You can hear more details. Well, you can't. My Instagram story disappeared, but you know what I mean. So I go back to the bookshelf, but on my way back, I open the Inquisitor's Tale, and there's an advanced reader copy slip in it. Like, she put an advanced reader copy slip in oh, Inquisitor's Tale. Oh, my goodness. And what then, a devious little imp. <laughs> I go back to our free book bin, and J.K. Rowling's Fantastic Beasts is in there also. With Which an, also does not belong no, there. No, it's a hardback book, and also has a slip in it. So she had put slips. She had taken slips no. out of paperback books, put them in the hardback books, and put them in the book bin. As if, oh my goodness, as if we won't see like the black band <laughs> at the top of every ARC that says, advanced reader copy, not for sale. Yes. So sneaky. So like, sneaky. And like, really I admire it, but also I don't. Well, and I told Jordan, I was like, it's not like she was five or six. Like, right. she was 10 or 11, um, maybe nine. Um, but knew what she was doing. That's but it. when I opened the book and saw the advanced reader copy, I was like, oh, I'm dealing with something else. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is a Slytherin. Yeah. This is a true. <laughs> yes, it's Slytherin. Died in the wool Slytherin. Yeah. And I'm Gryffindor. And I I'm... took my books back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gryffindor all the way. Welcome to episode 133 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I am hungry. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And you are also hungry. We are recording at 1 p.m., and I have not eaten lunch. No, I haven't either. We're about to delve into hangry territory. I'm ready. You've been warned. You've been warned. (laughs) (laughs) Um... 
Talk to me about bookshelf bucks because it's the end of August now and I think the time is drawing nigh. That's right. So we have been doing bookshelf bucks where you can put money on your bookshelf account and we have been doing that in 100, 200, and $500 increments so that you can spend it all year long. They don't yeah. expire. It's like a gift certificate you give yourself. And we've had quite a few online customers do it as well. Yeah. And what that means is you'll buy the bookshelf bucks online and then from now on when you order from us you just fill out an order form and then you don't have to pay because you've already paid for them so it was supposed to be for ease of service for the customer and you get perks like tote bag a shopping night shopping day if you're an online customer shopping weekend um and five percent off all of your purchases and we're closing enrollment in this program at the end of august because the goal on our end was to kind of boost a slower time of our year. Mm -hmm. So um, August, July and August are pretty slow, and then January and February are really mm -hmm. slow. So we'll reopen enrollment in January. Um, so now's basically your last probably week or two yep. to buy bookshelf bucks. So if you're interested, you can go online. It's pretty easy. Chris will put a link in our show notes mm -hmm. where you can find bookshelf bucks. And again, you can buy them in $100, $200, or $500 increments. You can use them until you run out, um, but you can only buy them through the end of August and then again in January. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. And this is something I'm trying. So yeah. full disclosure. This is a pilot program <laughs> yeah. that we're figuring out. We're figuring it out. But it's been really good so far. It's been super successful. And so I believe this is how this is going to work, where it's going to cut off in August. Um, but I don't know yet. You may hear me reopen enrollment in time for Christmas. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm still toying around with it. I really wanted to use it. Because August is so slow. Um, honestly, quite frankly, our numbers for last September were pretty slow. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that means I should keep it open for September. But for now, the plan is to close it at the end of August. So get them while you can. Get them while you can. It's a really cool, fun program. It's super fun. And put it on my tab. Today, a little boy came yeah. up to the register and said, put it on my tab please. <laughs> it was adorable. It was so good. Um, I love that. So yeah, it's a, it's super fun and it's a great way for in-town customers too, where mm -hmm. we can know your name and just put, you can just call and say, Hey, my kid's going to come pick up this book and then we can put it on your tab so easily. So easy. It's great. So it's super fun. Um, today on the show, we're going to talk about something that I'm going to call a mini syllabus. Yes, because you do this all the time. I do this all the time and I'm calling it that because a syllabus, when I put it together for a class, is a bunch of books that talk to each other. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to engage my students in a particular kind of conversation. And so the books that I choose for my classes are meant to, you know, bring that conversation about. Yeah. Um, and there might be an idea in one book that talks back to an idea in a completely different book. Right. And they might be 300 years apart. They might be written by best friends. They might be you know, two very, very different things. Mm -hmm. um, and the best thing you can do with the class is build it beyond just a pairing um, and do three, four, or five books that yeah. are all in conversation with each other about some kind of idea. Right. I think this is the core of a great book's curriculum. I was curriculum. about to say, it sounds like great books. It is. Because I think a great book's curriculum has really just figured out that most books are in conversation with other books. Absolutely. Um, because that's just how writing works, and it's how communication works, it's how people work. Mm -hmm. And so today on the show, we wanted to just kind of come up with a few little um, 
tastings, mm-hmm. I guess, a mini syllabus of three books and a movie mm-hmm. um, that talk to each other about a particular idea or scenario or kind of character dynamic. And this isn't some original concept. No. Like you can find others of these scattered throughout the internet and I'm sure on mm-hmm. other podcasts. And this was a request from yeah. a listener. So Which we just thought it was a great idea. Right. So then we did some Googling and we're like, oh, oh other people, people do done this. this. Um, um, so I, I think our particular spin on it is adding a movie. Yes. Um, people do pairings a lot of read this book with this book and mm-hmm. they talk to each other and it's great. So we decided to do three mm-hmm. and then add a movie as well. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. excited about this. I think we have some great picks and we even have a couple overlapping picks. We have some overlapping picks, but what I find hilarious is we definitely have overlapping picks that Chris takes one direction and I take another. And that's what's so great about this. Which is pretty much us in a nutshell. Well, it is. <laughs> but also like, that's what's that's so great about works. books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why don't you start? Cause I think you have five sets and I have four. Okay. So I stuck to pretty much fiction. There might be a couple of uh, outliers. But my first set is basically if you want to stay up late and scare yourself. Uh So like if if you want to leave the lights on, um, then this is the pairing. This is the mini syllabus for you. So... I've got Final Girls, mm-hmm. which is a new book we'll probably talk about in my August reading recap. Okay. Um, but it's a new thriller um, based on the premise of a lot of horror movies where you've always got the last girl standing. Right. Um, so this book is called Final Girls. Stephen King blurbed it. Nice. It is genuinely creepy and well done. It is gory. Heads up. Gory to me. Um, again, remember, I am a prude. Uh, <laughs> girl in Snow is a fantastic kind of literary spin on a suspense. Feels very much like Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. Um, it is told in three alternating voices, um, but again, you'll finish and you'll you'll be a little scared. Um, so that's excellent. And then I did pair it with Everything I Never Told You because if you haven't read this book by Celeste Ng, now's your time because her new book comes out in September. Little fires everywhere. Yes, and they're very different, mm-hmm. so you can absolutely go ahead and read the first one, and it's not going to ruin your second reading experience. They're not a series or anything like that. So I've got Final Girls, Girl in Snow, Everything I Never Told You, and then, of course, it's going to be time to watch Scream. Scream. God, that blast from the past. Jordan and I watch it every Halloween. Do you? We watch Halloween, Scream, um, Psycho, uh... We do like scary movies every week during mm-hmm. October. I like that. I yeah. did that with, with my old roommate. That yeah. was fun too in October. And Scream is such an interesting pick because I think much like Final Girls, it sounds like it's kind of deconstructing the horror genre. Exactly. It knows what it's doing. Yes. Um, That's what I wanted. I didn't want to do, I mean, I have a, like What Lies Beneath to me remains a pretty genuinely scary movie, but I wanted to do one that kind of pokes almost a little bit of fun. Yeah. Um, and then is still scary. Yeah. Still right. legitimately creepy. Uh, it takes all these tropes, turns us on its head, turns them on their head, and, and then still is scary. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that is my, if you want to be scared silly, uh, kind of syllabus. Cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so my first one here is kind of a, they all have a setting in common, but I think they do very different things with it. So did The Martian, Okay. The Wanderers, The Book of Strange New Things, and then for the movie, Gravity. Um, so The Martian also has a movie now with, yeah. with Matt Damon. Not great. Uh, yeah, the movie was not that good. People liked it. People really liked it, and I wonder if they had read the book because it, it removed all the parts of the book that I liked. Yeah. Um, and just focused on the survival aspect of it, which wasn't even the part that I cared that much about. I just about. thought it was fine. It was fine. The book is good. The book is great. I really enjoyed the book. I read it. 
when I started here yeah. and was very sick. Yeah. That time when I had labyrinthitis and couldn't get out of bed for three days. And was that when you also had vertigo? Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, okay. Um, this that's right. Bizarre, I'm sorry. Labyrinthitis. That's right. It was this weird disease. This inner, inner ear infection that yeah. caused me to have extreme vertigo to the point that I could not stand up or keep water down. It was great. Um, it was really not fun. And But I read The Martian. Um, so The Martian is all about this astronaut who gets stuck on Mars um, and has to figure out how to survive until they can find a way to get him back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, potatoes I mean, play a role. Potatoes play a huge role. <laughs> the Wanderers just came out early this year by Meg Howry, and it is uh, kind of a similar take. It's these four, three astronauts who are running a simulation of what it would be like to land on Mars mm-hmm. and live there for a little bit and then to try to come back. It's a simulation, or is it? Um, but it is. <laughs> yeah. But is it? Um, the book is very unclear about that, and I think it's been out long enough that now we can finally talk about that. It's yeah. been six months. Yeah. Um, like, that's what's so good about the book. That is what's so good about that book, is that you just don't know. Like, you mm-hmm. end it without knowing. And I think for some readers, that might have the opposite effect. Right. But for me and you, I think we like a little bit of uncertainty. We like the open-ended book. Yeah. Um, and... It doesn't have to be. Right. I, that's an interpretation. That's right. Because, like, if you read the book for its surface value... Yeah, there's a clear There's answer. a clear ending and a clear answer. But if you're if you're reading a little a little too much into some of these characters' interactions, yeah. like we probably did, yeah. uh, it's unclear. That was the best way. part of the book, too. Um, the Book of Strange New Things is actually, I think, the last book I bought at the bookshelf before I worked here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a story of essentially Christian missionaries in space. Mm-hmm. Um, that they have like discovered alien life, and they're trying to bring the Bible and Christian, like human Christian theology, to other worlds. Um, Fascinating, right? Yeah. So space is my theme here, but also the idea of things going wrong mm-hmm. and people trying to survive. Mm-hmm. That's the key here. And what was the movie? The movie is Gravity. Oh, perfect. With Sandra Bullock, which I think is a perfect counterpoint, not counterpoint, companion to The Martian. Mm -hmm. Sandra Bullock surviving in space. She's the last one. Yeah. Um, As the space station is falling apart and she's got to figure out how to get back to Earth from low orbit. Uh, So it was a very good and really tense movie. Yeah. So I think if yours is, if your first category was like, thrillers, things that kind of scare you. This yeah. is kind of that, too. Yeah. This is all kind of survival. survival tales. Um, figuring out how to survive in the worst possible place. Yeah, in a world you don't understand, really. Because in space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> that, thanks. That's That's terrible. from Alien. Yeah, it's terrifying. Tagline from Alien in the 70s. Uh, what's next? Um, for me, I decided to go with a young adult kind of spin. Cool. But... But kind of not. So I started with Dumplin' by okay. Julie Murphy, yep, which I love. you love that one. Um, and then You'll Grow Out of It, okay. which is a comedic memoir um, by a writer of The Amy Schumer Show. And then Dare Me by Megan Abbott, which is about a c- competitive cheerleading squad. Right. Um, and the book I decided to go with was The Duff, which a is movie. a super cute movie. Yeah. yeah, the movie I went with was The Duff. Um, which I love. <laughs> which stands for the designated ugly fat friend. Yes. That's, that movie is so cute to me. And I feel like it was underrated. Um, but I love Mae Whitman. Mm-hmm. And I thought about Easy A. And I thought about, yeah. did you ever see the movie Saved? Yeah. 
<laughs> All those them. are very good. They're so good. That's a movie flight if you're looking for a movie movie pairing, I guess. Good, good high school movies. Yeah. Um, that all kind of deconstruct the high school movie genre. Yes. Yeah. But I just liked the death because there have been a dearth of, like, cute romantic comedies that you could just, like, enjoy. Like, mm-hmm. I really like The Big Sick, but I wouldn't really qualify that as a romantic comedy. Right. Like, it's intense. Like, uh-huh. it's sad. Um, anyway, so I really like The Duff, and I think You'll Grow Out of It is perfect. So, like, I would start with Dumplin', then move into Dare Me, and then move into You'll Grow Out of It, and from You'll Grow Out of It, watch The Duff. Yeah. That's how I would That's do that. That's that perfect order. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Um, so my next one was kind of centered around this idea of the mother-son story, which okay. if you've been listening for any length of time, you know that I am constantly on the quest for yes. good mother-son stories because they're so often incesty. Yeah. Um, so what happens with the, the three books that I've picked is that they're all about a mother with a kind of newborn son. Okay. Um, so there's no room for incest there. <laughs> um, but then I also chose a movie that's a little different, a little out of genre. So the first one I picked here is The End We Start From. Okay. Um, which we, we just read. We both just read. It comes out in November. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very, very good, very short, very lyrical. Um, but it's about a mother kind of surviving these um, catastrophic floods in the UK. And she gives birth in the first chapter. And it's her and her husband kind of trying to figure out what to do with their own life and how to do that with a brand new baby mm-hmm. in the midst of these catastrophic floods and yeah. trying to survive. It's beautiful. I loved so it. Good. The one I would pair with that next is The First Bad Man by Miranda July. I've talked a lot about this one. It came out, I think, two summers ago now. Um, and this one I am teaching on my in my fall class on motherhood. Um, and it's about this very odd woman and this kind of idea of a baby that she has had for her whole life that she calls Kubelko Bondi. And when she looks at babies, she will like look in their face and see if this idea of Kubelko Bondi is in that baby. And sometimes she thinks she finds it, but then it's not. Yeah. Um, And then there's a whole series of events that happens that puts her in charge of a baby for a little bit. Um, And it's, it's, it's a weird book. I will not lie, it's not for everybody, and it is, like, fairly explicit in some parts. However, the end just hits me so hard in a great way. It's beautiful, and I love it. Really weird in a great way. And then I'm going to also add to that the most recent volume of Spider Woman by Dennis Hopeless. Um, Spider Woman is my favorite superhero. She's really underrated. I think people think she's, like, a Mm Spider-Man knockoff or in that family which makes sense you would think that it's called that. because it's called spider woman and that has to do with like marvel trying to secure copyrights in the 70s and they were like we don't want anyone else to have a character called spider woman so, so we will get her but then she actually turned into something completely different and original and wonderful okay in the most recent run she as a superhero kind of gives up her spot on the avengers and wants to just become kind of a private detective but then she also decides to have a baby as a oh, single mom. Okay. And so she gets a sperm donor, has a baby, and is trying to live her life as a crime fighter, a private detective, and a single mom all at once. And it's a wonderful story about this very strong woman and the kind of support network that she builds in the superhero genre. Okay. So it's a totally original thing that I'd never seen before. Yeah, that's A different. single mom story in the superhero in superhero. genre. Yeah, yeah that's and cool. It's, yeah, it's super good. 
And then the movie that I've put with this is a horror movie, um, which I've talked about before, The Babadook, which is all about a I love it. terrifying kid's book um, that brings a monster into a house yeah. um, of a single mom with her. These are all about single moms, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yes. Yes, they are. Okay. Yeah. These are all about single moms and their sons. <laughs> Didn't realize. Yep. All right. Um, because it did talk about the end, end we start from and a husband, so maybe I've spoiled part of that book now. <laughs> um, things turn out fine. It's okay. It's fine. Um, single mom and her son and a scary monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely in that order. And we start from First Bad Man, Spider Woman, The Babadook. Okay. Um, so I went with some quirky, like slightly romantic, um, but mostly just very funny books. So I've got Extraordinary Adventures, the new Daniel Wallace. Mm -hmm. I've got This Is Your Life, Harriet Chance, which I feel like not very many people read and it was really good. And then The Rosie Project. Mm -hmm. And then after you read The Rosie Project, it's time to snuggle up and watch Dan in Real Life. Yes, with that perfect Sondre Lerka soundtrack. Yes. Oh, we listen to that soundtrack in the store a lot. Um, So these are all, to me, books about... Really, there's all there's really a quirky protagonist. So in Extraordinary Adventures and The Rosie Project, it's a quirky guy who maybe is slightly on the autism spectrum. And then This Is Your Life, Harriet Chance has this very plucky um, older woman whose husband has died, and mm-hmm. she goes on a cruise by herself. And I just you don't you don't find those particular characters leading stories very often like often especially in film they're often the like quirky side friend or i don't know so i really appreciate that in literature you're finding these people as the main protagonists right um and then dan in real life i just thought was comparable because of the feeling these books give you like that you get the same kind of vibe from that movie yeah so though this is just like fun i don't know fun quirky um feel good these are feel-good books and movie. You're talking about uh, that book on the cruise ship. That's This Is Your Life, Harry Chance, right? Yeah. Um, that side note, have I ever talked about how I want to pair, not pair, but group together the David Sedaris, did Foster Wallace, and Tina Fey essays on why cruises are terrible? Oh, that'd be funny. Right? Yes. So I really want to do that in a class sometime, oh. but also maybe for yeah. this concept. Yeah. Where could that fit in a class? I don't know. Because... Those are really good essays. They're all really good essays. <laughs> and so true. And so true. I have no desire to go on a cruise. No, never. Um, so there's your bonus flight, um, <laughs> which I will put in the show notes. Um, my next one is The Pilgrim at Tinker Creek by Annie Dillard, Jaber Crow by Wendell Berry, The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, and An Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore? Question mark? I don't remember <laughs> who actually flight. directed it, right? That's good. These are all books in which the earth is really a main character. Mm-hmm. Um, Pilgrim Tinker Creek is this beautiful poetic memoir um, written in the 70s of Annie Diller just kind of living in nature and thinking about what it means to exist as a person within the whole system of the world and looking at all these tiny things that we never notice and that we really take for granted. Gorgeous book, won the Pulitzer Prize, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend that always. Oh, that's so good. Um, Crow by Wendell Berry is one of my favorite novels. Um, kind of changed my life when I read it when I was 22. And it's a story of an old barber who lives in this town, um, the same town that all Wendell Berry's novels are set in, and just his relationship to everyone else in the town as kind of an outsider 
as someone who's accepted by some people and sometimes not by other people and then just the town's relationship to the land that it occupies and then the lord of the rings i think people forget about mm-hmm. how important the earth is yeah uh, to tolkien tolkien is all about the earth and i've been reminded in my time hop app recently of reading the lord of the rings again three or four years ago and singling out all these really beautiful quotations and posting them and commenting on them and they're almost all about like really long beautiful description of the world Mm -hmm. and this is i think what people get annoyed about with tolkien sometimes that he's focusing too much on like how beautiful this tree was but that's that's the the heart and soul of those books it's not about the action it's not really even about the kings and the wars and the battle it's about the toll that all of that takes on the earth yes um and how important it is to think about that as you're living which so then obviously i thought about an inconvenient truth yeah we're killing the world (laughs) hooray so maybe i should have put mad max i know i'm trying to think who killed the world and are there any i feel like a movie would have been hard to come up with for that yeah so i thought of an inconvenient truth and i thought of mad max fury road yeah because those are both about the water world maybe interesting um but it was hard for me to come up with one that was just like those books the earth is the main character exactly yeah um and not just kind of the uh consequence of not paying attention to that yeah i like that collection yeah i i would read that collection any day um i've got a boarding school collection cool next so i've got prep um by curtis sittenfeld Shadow of the Lions, which is a new book I keep raving about because it's worth reading right. about by Christopher it Swan. It sounds so good. It's so good. And it's a debut, so I think that's really important, too. This is his first work. And then Secret History by Donna Tartt. Um, and then follow that up with Dead Poet Society. Classic. Yeah. I feel like this is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I just love books set on campuses. Mm-hmm. Um feel like you could also i'm sorry to throw in another movie not a book but you could also watch liberal arts which oh is so yeah good. the josh radner movie yes i love that movie so much that's a complicated movie it is it leaves me with as they say all the feels it's I yeah feel so many things. i mean as somebody who's basically living <laughs> part of that life like that there are parts of it that make me very uncomfortable and yeah. there are parts of it that are just like <laughs> yes yeah that's right oh no you feel a lot of things yeah um so anyway so Prep, Shadow of the Lions, Secret History, and then end with Dead Poet Society or Liberal Arts. Both so good. Both very good. I also included Secret History on okay. my next one for a different reason because I love campus novels. Yeah. Um, I think another one that people always tell me about is, um, oh, is that... Art of Fielding? Art of Fielding? No. Oh, well, that one too. So good. But it's the one by, who wrote Empire Falls? Okay, well, I'll come back to that. Yeah, come back to that. Um, but but you went a history, different direction. I did, because I was thinking about this kind of concept from Nietzsche of the Apollonian and the Dionysian, this idea of, like, passion and just letting go versus, like, very tight control on things. These are, like, the two impulses that we as humans have. Okay. Um, and the secret history is all about that. Yes. And they're studying Greek tragedy. And so I wanted to start with The Birth of Tragedy by Nietzsche, which is kind of his, like, one of his very literary works about, like, where Greek tragedy came from. Okay. And it's about these two impulses in people. And it starts with just frenzy and passion and Dionysus um, and then kind of gets more structurally ordered and controlled as time goes on. Um, The secret history, they're studying all these Greek classics. Mm -hmm. um, And they're finding this, and they want to experience the frenzy in the Dionysian. Yes. Um, 
And so they do that. And then I would also pair this with Brave New World, which I think talks about um, that on kind of a societal Mm -hmm. level. Um, It's a tightly controlled society where they have like very tightly controlled bursts of the Dionysian because they need that to feel human, even though they've basically become not human because of how controlled they are. Mm. And then I think I brought this up on one of our other episodes too, but Black Swan. Black Swan is my film pairing for this. Um, and it is also entirely about this theme of yeah. Natalie Portman as a dancer, um, as a ballerina, um, learning to let go. Yeah. But it's so hard for her that she just kind of dissociates. Yeah. Because she can't imagine both those impulses existing in one person. And so she has to, like, hallucinate some and is figure it out. Is that the bo- best she's ever been? It might be. Because I'm trying to think of other places where she has been that, that good. good. And I, there really aren't very many. No. I mean, she's a great actress, but, like, that yeah. other Boleyn girl. I didn't see that. Uh, she's very good in that. Okay. This That's sounds good. like a legitimate class you could teach. I think it could be all about that tension, right? Yeah, that sounds good. Do you have one more? I've got one more. This is easy. You know me. Dysfunctional families. Uh-huh. So I've got The Nest, Commonwealth, and Standard Deviation. I think Standard Deviation is hilarious. Commonwealth is not super funny, but it's really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nest is somewhere in between. Um, and I've heard some people say that they didn't really love The Nest. And mm. I really did enjoy it, but it is... Certainly not the world's most likable characters. Right. But I paired it with The Family Stone. Oh, that's fun. So here's the thing. I mean, I love The Family Stone. I watch it every Christmas. I think that movie is out of this world. But some people are interesting to me because they love that movie, but I'll hear them say, the same types of people say, oh, but I have to read books about likable people. Guys, nobody in The Family Stone, with the exception maybe of Luke Wilson, is like extremely likable. Like they're flawed, messed up, quirky, authentic people. Um, Diane Keaton's character does some awful things, but you see the motive behind it. Like, they're right. com- we're complicated, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, I like The Nest, Commonwealth, and Standard Deviation because they are about complicated people. Right. They um, make complicated decisions. Yes. Yeah. And The Family Stone is that way. Um, the Family Stone just also happens to be deeply funny, yeah. which Standard Deviation is if you're looking for something funny. Uh, so that was my last kind of set. I think this is a great idea. In fact, it might be a good idea to kind of offer them as bundles. Oh, yeah. At our that's online a good idea. store. Yeah. If you wanted to, like, read our flights, yeah. read our mini syllabi. We can do that. Um, I think that would be a really fun idea, and I'll design yeah. some little them packaging for them. Yeah, link to them in the show. Uh, that'll be super good. Um, so if you want that, it'll be available for you. Yay. And since we're recording this in early August, I've got a little bit you of time, time to set that up. Yeah, so you can buy those at bookshelfthomasil.com forward slash shop. Uh, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes, on Stitcher, or on our store website. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can do that because we're always talking about books and showing you new things. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bookshelf Tville. We're on Facebook as The Bookshelf Thomasville. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week.